Hello everyone, this is an evil goblin welcoming you to episode 56 of the Pottervision podcast. This is a charming, spooky episode in celebration of Halloween, and that's why they've got me, a goblin, to introduce it. Uh, This is your weekly reminder to rate the show five stars, leave a review, tell your friends, tell your brother, tell your niece and nephew, tell your taxi driver, hey, nice journey we're having, do you mind if I put on the Pottervision podcast? No, not at all, and if I don't mind, I may play the Pottervision podcast in my car for the rest of the journeys that I shall complete today, so everyone in town can listen. Well, what a good idea. We're going on tour. They're going on tour, the Pottervision boys, not this spooky goblin. Uh, for all a list of tour dates and to buy tickets, you can go to pottervision.com. And if you'd like to support the Pottervision boys further, you can visit patreon.com forward slash pottervision. Anyway, that's all from me, the spooky goblin. Now is episode 56. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Pottervision Podcast, the podcast where every week myself, Lucas Kirkby, and this man opposite me, Tom Lawrenson, we look at a chapter from those Harry Potter books, and we use that as a ship that sails us through an hour of podcast discussions. This week, we're on episode 56. We're on the penultimate chapter of Prisoner of Azkaban. Only one more to go after this one. Mm-hmm. And it's Hermione's Secrets. Ooh. Ooh. I wonder what that could be, listeners. <laughs> What's your secret, Hermione? How'd you do it? It's new L'Oreal. One bit of this every morning and my hair has more volume, more bounce and looks less dry and flaky. Oh, L'Oreal. What's the secret ingredient, if you don't mind me asking? I can't say because I don't know. It's beef. It's beef. (laughs) New L'Oreal beef. Get that in your hair, girls. (laughs) Tom, how are you? It's (laughs) vegan. How are you, my lovely friend? I'm all right. Yeah? Have you got any secrets to tell us about your week? Yeah, about a spider bite. Spiders has been biting me oh, all yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where? Arachnids on my back, on my arms. I woke up in the middle of the night and I'd been ascended to the corner of the room. I'd been, I'd been wrapped in a web. Yeah. And a spider was preparing to eat me. Oh, how do you know it was a spider that was biting you? Well, I was looking right at it, and it was rubbing its... It had a knife in one hand and a fork in the other, and it was licking <laughs> its lips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Its furry little ribs. And I said, you know, I, I said, you come in nowhere near me till you have a shave. Yeah. Yeah, that's just what I'm like. Bloody hell. Imagine that, waking up to a spider patting the bum of a ketchup bottle all over you. <laughs> oh, how's your eat been, though? Apart from being eaten. All right, um... Been in work. They've uh, they're doing a little prank on me at the minute. Oh yeah, yeah. They're, what's, uh, what's that? They're insisting that we be in the building, you know. Oh yeah. Rather than being at home. Mm-hmm. But here's the kicker. You know it's cold now because it's, it's cold. autumn. It's cold. It's cold. They're not putting the heat on. Oh come on, lads! And they've turned the hot water off as a prank. Hey! Eh? So when you go to the toilet and wash your hands... It's you, cold! It's cold. And then you get to go back to your desk with your cold fingers and you get to type and not warm them up. Oh, that's nice, isn't, isn't that, it? Isn't that a funny prank? Oh, what a gas. What a prank. I'm thinking next week uh, they'll come in and they'll blindfold me, gag me, and they'll smack me over the head with the policeman's bat on. That'd be a good prank, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, that'd be good. I can't <laughs> wait for that. Anyway, how have you been? I've been all right. I've been all right. You're looking chipper as ever. Oh, thank you very much. Um, uh, Your I'm... cheeks are rosy. Yeah. You've got a, a multicoloured hat with a propeller on the top. You've got a great big lollipop that you're giving a great big lick of. That's me. You're wearing a pair of shorts. Yeah. They've got braces on them. Yeah. Yeah. That. 
I need say no more. You have summed up how I'm feeling, what I'm looking like. Yeah. But I'll tell you at the moment, my car is jam-packed with stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm going to Wales tonight, and I'm going there for a week. Oh, yeah. Because I'm doing some shows at a... It's like a theme park in Wales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And What's your uh, role? Well, there's two of us doing this show, and I'm the wizard Merlin, and I'm actually doing some magic. By Merlin's beard. Oh, Merlin. What magic are you doing? Well, there's a couple of things I'm doing. I'm doing, like, a bit of, like, you know, like, kids' party type stuff with a with a bag where you pull something out, and then you, oh, yeah. you put it back in, and then it changes. And you bit of a magic man, aren't you? Bit yeah. of fun. Bit of, like, daft, uh, you know, like, slapstick stuff. The other guy's got a puppet who's a naughty puppet. <laughs> He's a naughty dragon who does things. But then the ending bit, I've never done anything like this before, so I'm a bit nervous about doing it. But I'm doing an actual, like, a stage illusion. Yeah. Where the illusion is that the assistant puts his head through a table and then, uh, you know, I pull the put a box on his head and move it across the table. It looks like... How old is this the last? Uh, about the same age as me, this bloke. Same age as you. Same age as I don't ever like the idea of you being the magic double act with another man. No, I know, but that's the thing. Because you see, the two people, we mention them occasionally, Libby and Stuart. Libby and Stuart. They are in a different theme park. They're at Lightwater Valley in Yorkshire, and they're doing a, a show there, and then we're in Greenwood uh, doing ours. So it's going to be good fun. Bit of a magic, man. I know. I've well, never done it before. I'm nervous. I don't suppose you could use a bit of your magic on me. I've got a special request. Go on, then. Yeah, you couldn't make my will to live reappear, could you? Now, the other thing that's... Uh, guess who's in my car as we speak? Someone's in your car? Somebody's in my car as we speak, waiting for me to finish recording the podcast. Martina? Not Martina. She's in Germany. Your dad? Not me dad. He's in my house. Someone's in my car. Someone's in my car. Poppy! It's Poppy! <laughs> she's in a little cage and uh, she, she doesn't mind car journey. She quite likes them. Oh, yeah. yeah she's very relaxed. How can you tell that? Well, because if hamsters are scared, they'll stay in their little hut, in their little... She's got, like, a little house or they'll be buried under something. Yeah. If they, get, they go away. But when I'm driving, she comes out, sniffing about what's going on. Yeah. Or she'll go on the wheel in the car. Oh, yeah. She's very confident. She likes travelling, can I say? She's got air miles, stamps on her passport. She loves it. What an amazing story. I wish, right, I, I wish it was ten times longer. Hey, wait for this. <laughs> I haven't even talked about her getting her in the car. Oh, yeah. I picked up the cage that she's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Opened the car door. Keep going. Put her in the car. <laughs> you had my curiosity. Now you have my interest. And then I closed the car door. Oh! <laughs> the things that happen every week. Mm. Oh! So, yeah, she's coming with us, and uh, that's about as much as I've been doing all week. That's lovely. Now, Tom, we've already talked about beef, but can I just say, this chapter, it's a meaty one. Oh, yeah. It's big. It's long. And in some cases, I won't say. What? It's hard. What's the matter with you? Listeners, right? Well, he just said that. It's big, it's long and it's hard, which is revolting. The other day I asked him, I was like... Because I was thinking about myself when it comes to our <laughs> stage show. Yeah. And I was thinking, what bits... Are there any bits that I, I don't prefer performing? Like, I don't know, some things might not be nice to say or do. <laughs> and so I asked Lucas if he felt there were any bits that, that I was like, are there any bits of our stage show that... <laughs> That you're not like, you don't like doing, yeah? Yeah. And he goes, well, I don't like that bit that you do. And I'm like, but we weren't on about me. <laughs> and he says, oh, it's too rude, it's too rude. Yeah. And you start off a family podcast by going, <laughs> oh, this chapter's long and hard and it's thick and juicy and I want to get me mitts round it. Hey, I didn't I... say all that. Well, you did. And people could clearly hear me restraints before you told me to say it. <laughs> I didn't say you to say it. If anything. people listen back, I say I'd rather not say, you said say it, and then I said it, and then you told me off for saying it. Oh, yeah. Well, let it, anything that makes it seem like that out. Oh! Why don't you just edit out this whole two minutes? No. Tom, it's big, it's long. Would you like to hear a rundown of this meaty chapter? 
I'd like to see you get your mouth washed out with bloody dove. Well, I can do peach juice. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 20. Where do you think you're going? Nowhere. What? You running about thinking, oh, I'll just, I'll just act like she's not here. Well, the minute she's spread eagled on the middle of the carpet. She's spread chick on the middle of the carpet, not spread eagle. <laughs> Her name is Connie. She yeah. is the third member of the Potter Vision podcast. Yeah. And she's waiting to be introduced. All right, then. Say hello to her. Hello, Connie. Why is it my job to introduce <laughs> Connie? Have you missed her? I I always miss Connie, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that she's still wearing a christening gown. Address her. Hi, Connie, nice to see you. Why are you still wearing that christening gown? <laughs> she doesn't answer me, does she? Well, what do you like about her this week? Oh, do you know what? I love that Connie has always got a lovely smile. Yeah. She's very alert. She's always got her eyes open, Yay! ready to listen. And uh, I've not really noticed this before, but she's got like a little uh, Mohican on the top of her head. I quite like that. It's a bit of fun. Yeah, that's Connie's uh, head flipper. Connie's head flipper, everybody. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, what have you been up to this week, Connie? Mm. She's got a bit shy. She thinks you're looking down her top. <laughs> God's sake. Lovely. <coughs> Tom and Connie. Yes? Are you ready for a chapter 21 rundown? Absolutely I am. <laughs> My mood has been lifted. Connie's been introduced. What a perfect way to start the Vision podcast. Go. Chapter 21. Hermione's secrets. Harry wakes up groggily to overhear Cornelius Fudge and Snape going on about the night's events. Snape's like, oh, it was all me. I saved everybody. I brought everybody here. Blah, blah, blah. So Sirius Black is in the highest room of the tallest tower, about to be brutally murdered and having his soul sucked out of him by the Dementors. Mm. Harry's like, whoa, whoa, can't do that. They're like, whatever. Dumbledore pops in. He goes, can I have a private little word with Harry and Hermione? He says, look, you need a bit of time. Wink, wink. He leaves. Hermione goes, right, I've been using this time turner to get to my lessons. We're going to go back in time, three hours, and we're going to save everybody. Right, so twist, twist, twist. They go back three hours, and they're following their footsteps, but they can't get involved yet, because if you see yourself, it's going to mess up with time, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they head to Hagrid's hut, and they save Buckbeak while they're in the hut. They untether Buckbeak. They lead Buckbeak away. Then they're watching all that happens with the Whomping Willow again. And then they go back to Hagrid's hut. Buckbeak's in the hut. And Harry goes to see what's happening with the lake. Because he thinks he's seen his dad conjure the Patronus. And he needs to know for sure. So he turns up at the lake. Sirius Black's having the soul sucked out of him. And Harry's like... Where's me dad? Where's me dad? Me dad's dead, it's me, I did it! And he gets his wand, expecto patronum! And a big stag comes out of his wand, sends all the dementors away, comes back to Harry, whoop-de-doo, right? They come back, they get on Buckbeak's back, they fly up to the highest room in the tallest tower, and they save Sirius Black from the dragon! And then Sirius Black hops onto Buckbeak and flies off into the distance. Goodbye, Harry Potter, I love you, goodbye. And that was the end of Hermione's Secrets. What a chapter! Oh, I loved how this chapter started off. What a charmer Professor Snape is. It was me. It was me. I saved everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, but the students... Was it was it a black who knocked you out? No, 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 no. It was the three <laughs> students. They were under a charm. They didn't know what they were doing. But I still want them punished. Lovely stuff, Snape. Oh, Lovely. The slimy little weasel. It was quite interesting, that, because, like, go hard or go home, Snape. It was interesting that he said, oh, it was because they were under serious black spell mm. that they attacked me. But then he still wants them suspended. Why would you not just go hard and go, I don't know why, they just, they just attack me? No, well, they don't want him expelled, does he? He wants them suspended? Yeah, because he wants 
bit of punishment. Oh yeah, he's got to keep up. You know the the uh, attitude that he's a tough cookie not to be messed with. Oh yeah, that's true. Mm. It's funny. He said, uh, "I bound and gagged Black naturally, <laughs> very naturally indeed for this book series." <laughs> Everyone's getting bound and gagged. They should rename it Harry Potter and the Brotherhood of Bondage. <laughs> That's the third binding and gagging we've had in two chapters. Right, you're getting bound and gagged. Yeah? In the first like couple books, there was a lot of mouth agapes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember? yeah. It was yeah. like their mouth was agape. Harry's jaw dropped. You could have driven a bus through it. You could have, it was like throwing a hot dog down an alley. But you know what? Reading all that, I'm thinking, these people need gagging. They've always got their bloody mouths open. Uh, agape, 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 jaw dropped. We need some of these gags getting in there. Because bloody hell, all I'm seeing is everybody's tonsils. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, there's a lot of things that Snape's saying that I'm agreeing with. You know. Do you got me? Harry, and, Harry, Ron and Hermione's interference permitted Black to escape. That's true. They've got away with a great deal before now. It's given them rather a high opinion of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Potter has always been allowed an extraordinary amount of licence by the headmaster. Also true. Be true. He's allowed to walk round in the invisibility cloak. He gets away with murder. I've given you this, so, Harry, so you can play about at night, play pranks, get up into mischief, maybe almost kill yourself, have fun! <laughs> You can have my cloak, you can have my sword, you can play with my fiery bird. What are all these gifts? No one else is getting this treatment, Dumbledore. Hey, Harry, here's a Johnny. It's banana flavoured. (laughs) (laughs) And all I ask for in return is one of your jelly beans. That's all I want in return. Alas, dog pubes. (laughs) (laughs) Madame Pomfrey turns up, she's got a massive block of chocolate, and she's breaking it up with a hammer. Why does it need to be massive? <laughs> Just bring a few bars. Like, big chocolate yeah. does not make sense. For, no. Like, logistically, mm-hmm. you, you want it packaged small and in slabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and also, a massive ball of chocolate, that's going to expire before yeah. you get through it all. Yeah. Like, chocolate... <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, otherwise it's going to go off. Even the massive slabs are easily breakable. Like, a a solid cube of chocolate. You're just going to break your teeth biting off the corners, aren't you? (laughs) How do you get, like... I find a Toblerone a bit too blocky for me. It's like hard work, even if you snap the triangles off. I do want one any time I see one. Oh, yeah. Oh, I look... It's so There's, weird. I think all the listeners will agree with me that is, there is nothing nicer than climbing into bed with a pint of milk and a Toblerone <laughs> on Christmas Day where your family are all downstairs opening yeah. presents and they're like, where's Tom? Where's Tom? You think I've stormed out the house in a mood, but instead I'm in bed with a Toblerone. <laughs> it's such a weird thing because like, I feel like they're, they're overrated, but then you still get drawn back to them. Like, I don't feel like they've got the best taste. I feel like the the bits get stuck in your mouth oh, all that's the time. Fun. A bit of chew, when you get a bit of chew going. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> don't get any foil in your mouth. Don't <laughs> Now, it said Ron's red hair was beneath Madame Pomfrey's arm. She got him in the headlock. <laughs> I thought that was a dramatic Hey, Ron, you're meant to be washing the bedpans, not using them. <laughs> hey, you... Oh my goodness! But this, I think Harry must have put on about six stone in this book. <laughs> the amount of chocolate he's at, and like we know he's an eater. Before before this year, we know what he's like at the buffets, yeah. at the banquets. But he's been given a slab of chocolate every week at his private tuition. He's going to be going home, and he's going to be saying, "Aunt Petunia, please may I have a land of a pair of Dudley's underpants." <laughs> Please, I've had two months eating three chocolate sundaes a day. Uh, I've had a big slab of chocolate a week. I've just had a massive cube that was had to be broken up with a hammer. Uh... But this chocolate getting passed around, right? They always say that time is nature's greatest healer, don't mm. they? I think it might be chocolate. <laughs> According to these people, it is. Cheers me up. What's the last bit of chocolate you had? Oh, I think I had uh, a bag of Maltesers about a week ago. 
I love Maltesers. A week ago? I think so, yeah. Bullshit artist. No, I'm usually quite bad with chocolate, but I think that was last time I had I can track more of your chocolate from before that. Go on. You had some Cadbury's fingers as soon as you got here. Oh, yeah, I did. I had some Cadbury. You gave me three mini fingers. And before that, me and you were at an Indian restaurant and you had a square of chocolate after the meal. Yeah, but that was a that was a week ago, wasn't it? I've had uh, I think I had a thing of Maltesers over the weekend. Did you not have any more chocolate when we were away? Uh, I gave yeah. you a handful of Smarties. No, you didn't. You never ate Smarties last week. Are you kidding me? Before we, before we went on stage in Peterborough. Oh yeah, you did. <laughs> Man, short term memory's terrible. He's, he's trying to chocolate gaslight me. I'm not. He's trying to melt my chocolate dreams. I've got poor short term memory, especially when it comes to like eating and things like that. Oh yeah, I'm very bad. I don't remember what I've had. I almost laughed during our show in Peterborough because I'm saying something on stage. I turn to you and you're mouthing my own words at me. Am I? <laughs> yeah. I don't realise I'm doing that. It's like a subconscious thing where I'm going along with the bloody the script. <laughs> you told me I did that before. <coughs> uh, I had a pack of four Kinder Fingers. I don't know if they're called Kinder Fingers, but you know those little Kinder bars that are small? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's just pure chocolate, isn't it? It's chocolate and it's milky in the middle. Ooh, nice. When did you have them? At lunch today at work. That was your lunch. Lovely. Mm. Fantastic. And did it make me feel better? Yes, it did. Yeah, chocolate is good. It is a good healer. It's the best. It's the best. This hospital wing, you never get a moment's peace. Last year, Harry is screaming the Dark Lord's name across the beds. Mm. Now Madame Pomfrey is attacking a slab of chocolate with a hammer. But, <laughs> I'm trying to get some rest here. She's there with a sledgehammer on a bit of bloody chocolate. Moments later, Snape's screaming at Hermione, Hold your tongue, girl! Yeah. He, he screams at the top of his lungs. Snape, sorry, I know you're trying to prove your point that you think, you know, <clears throat> he doesn't want uh, Dumbledore's mind to be changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At whatever these children say. Yeah. But in an argument, I've said it before, I'll say it again. <laughs> as soon as you start screaming, yeah. you've lost. Yes. Even if you're in the right, you lose your temper, you've lost. You're across the road from two people, one of them's screaming, one of them's calm, who looks like the madman. Yeah, exactly, Mr. Screamer. Yeah. Snape as well. But then it has, I have uh, tried to remember that, and when I've been in an argument before, started whispering at someone, and they thought it was a threat. Oh, <laughs> that's fun, isn't it? A nice little whisper. <laughs> but this is the thing, Snape. The whole thing about you is you have the fear factor because you are so, like, quietly menacing. The fact that you are always so, like, calm and relaxed and, like, softly spoken. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you shout, that completely disappears. Because, yeah, like you said, it shows that you've lost that sense of control. Mm. Come mm, on, Snape. So he, Dumbledore dismisses Snape. Oh, yeah. And who's the other one? Is it Fudge? And Yeah, yeah Snape Fudge. And he sends uh, Madame Pomfrey out as well. He goes, Snape. Fudge. <laughs> Pomfrey. Uh, yeah. Get out of here. I want to talk to these tots. Yeah. Hatches a plan. Dumbledore. Oh, yeah. A bit of a cryptic plan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dumbledore, you know, in not so many words, reveals that he's above the law. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to break it, not by himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to get some kids to carry out, isn't he? Yeah. I don't want to be... I'm not going to do it. But if, I, if you wanted to do it, you could do this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's not just, oh, can I borrow that time turner off you? We've missed a crazy bit. Right. Harry is going, I need to see the headmaster. I need to see the headmaster. What does Madame Pomfrey do to shut him up? She force feeds him a piece of chocolate. She shoves a piece of chocolate down this boy's throat to stop him talking. I wouldn't like that. Who would? You might. Oh, yeah, I might. Yeah, I might. You might like it. But bloody hell. But Harry, he is so entitled. He's like, I, I need to see that master straight away. He might be in a meeting. He might be busy. He's, he marches round the school as if he can just get an appointment with anybody. Yeah, As soon yeah, as he yeah. pleases. I must see Professor Flitwick. He's asleep. <laughs> He's asleep, little boy. 
And uh, yeah, there's a great bit where they're like, please, Headmaster, we must convince them that Sirius is innocent. And Dumbledore says, Sirius has not acted like an innocent man. You're right, Dumbledore. Finally, someone said it. He's been running around like an absolute lunatic, talking yeah. in riddles. And then he wants people to believe he's innocent. Yeah. Oh, drop all charges, it wasn't me. Right, OK, he didn't murder those people. But you have broken into a school, slashed up the bedsheets with a knife. Mm. That is definitely, you're definitely going down for something. What's the slashing of the bedsheets about? I don't, yeah, I don't know, because I think he was looking for Pettigrew, but why? Yeah, oh, maybe it was just yeah. his claws. Oh, no, yeah, but then yeah. Ron saw him with a knife. Yeah. That's bloody weird, isn't it? But you're right, Dumbledore is unnecessarily cryptic. You will be able to save more than one innocent life tonight. Just tell us whose. Yeah. What does it harm you to tell us? Right, go to Buckbeat first. Save him, fly up, save Sirius. That takes the exact same amount of time. Why are you yeah. leaving this ambiguity? Is it just so he's so far removed that he can't get done for it? You can... I'm not saying which two. <laughs> it's just that ridiculous. I could have been talking about someone in Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> now, before you go, remember, damp fog hides nothing. What? <laughs> You'll work it out. And if anyone wants to work out that genuine crossword clue... They can! And we'll give you a shout-out if you can figure it out. Damp fog hides nothing. Mm. I've got a crossword clue for you. I have a bed, but I never sleep. Oh, yeah, riddle. I like that. Yeah, I have a bed. A river! Right, you ready for this crossword clue? Yeah, go on. All right. Look after a man from Stoke for a show we know well. Robbie Williams. Why is it Robbie Williams? Because he's from Stoke. Right. Look after a man from Stoke. What are people from Stoke called? Robbie Williams. I just no, said. not Robbie Williams. Go on. What are they famous for, Stoke? David Stanier, then. Not David Stanier. Oh, Jesus Christ, Adam Blaze. What do you Adam want from me? Adam Blaze. What are they famous for? It's the Potteries, isn't it? They're known oh, as the... hang on, hang on. What are the people from Stoke famous for? Bad attitudes? Uh Miserable in comedy audiences. <laughs> uh, famously thick. That's not nice. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, uh, they're, they're from the Potteries, aren't they? Don't from know. The people who support Stoke FC as well are called the Potters. Oh, okay. Right, right. so look after a man from Stoke. Okay. Is a show that we know very well. Part of Vision. Where's the vision? Look! What's the look after? It goes after a man from Stoke, Potter! <sighs> I don't know why you do this to me. <sighs> I've never done this to you before. It's cryptic nonsense. You're trying to wind me up, aren't you? You're trying to make me seem like I'm insane. By <laughs> coming in with these riddles that make no sense. <laughs> it's a crossword clue. It's a... Where's the crossword? I'm not looking at a crossword. I'm looking at a man dressed like a child trying to make me think that he is a child. Well, it is a crossword. Do you know why? Because I'm now down because you're a cross. I don't like this. All right, let's do catchphrase. All right, then. What's Mr Chips doing? <laughs> He's waving and doing something else. <laughs> yeah, if listeners want to solve the other clue, damp fog hides nothing, tell us what it is and we'll, uh, we'll give you a shout-out next week for being a good crossword clue solver. So they get this... Uh, I love this. The time turner. Yeah. Hermione, got it round her neck. Yeah. She puts it round Harry's neck. Oh, yeah. How long is the chain of this time turner? <laughs> right? So when Hermione tucks it under a top, is that going into her trouser leg? Oh, I know. <laughs> That's why she hasn't worn a dress all year, because you see it dangling from her ankles. Like, <laughs> how bloody long is it? Because the thing is, because I was thinking, like, later on when they've got Buckbeak... They wait around for three hours. And I think, bloody hell, just get it around Buckbeak's neck and go forward a couple of hours. Save your wanging boat. Yeah. But, yeah, it's mad. But, yeah, it goes round Harry's neck. And uh, they travel in time. And, oh, it's horrible. A sensation of flying backwards very fast. A blur of colours. His ears were pounding. No form of magic transport is ever nice. No. The night bus is horrendous. What does that tell you? 
You shouldn't be doing it. You shouldn't be doing it. How horrendous is flu powder? Mm. Port keys are mental. Apparating makes you feel sick. And now we've got this weird bloody time turner shit. Yeah. If something doesn't feel right, it's not right. Nail polish remover, it stinks. Nail polish, (laughs) it stinks. Don't paint your nails (laughs) in a confined space. If you live in a house with another person, don't paint your nails. If you're in an airport, right, bar... And you're next to me, definitely don't put your foot up and paint your toenails next to me in an airport bar. Which that happened? That's happened to me before. Oh, come on. If you're on a plane, a confined area of a plane, yeah. and you're sat next to me, don't start painting your fingernails and get me to eye up, the, eye the uh, host, what do they call them? The, the steward. Yeah. So they come over and have to tell you off, because I will. Mm. These people, it is such an overpowering smell in it. It's not nice. Nail polish, yeah. You're giving people headaches. Yeah. Come here. Mm. Oh, on the bottom as well. <laughs> so they are now whoa, back whoa, whoa, in... Whoa, whoa. What? So they're travelling through time. Oh, yeah. Harry tried to yell. <laughs> right. But nothing came out. Why is he trying to scream? <laughs> he tried to. It's not as if it was, in, like, it was involuntary. Harry, Harry yelled, but nothing came out. He tried to yell. Yeah. So he's traveling through time, and his first thing to think is to scream at the top of his lungs. <laughs> Try talking first. Because if yeah. noise had come out, yeah. you're risking a funny look from Hermione. Yeah. Do you really want that? But imagine, mm. like, you're just sat there two hours early or whatever, and then for a split second you just hear, ah! <laughs> but no idea where it's come from. You think it was in your head, wouldn't you? You think it, it was in your head. So they arrive back in time three hours later and she drags Harry into a broom cupboard. I was almost expecting them to bump into Snape and Filch. Filch bandaging up Snape's leg again. Bit of an intimate moment. Or maybe maybe they're going to bump into uh, Crab and Goyle. (laughs) Still there. All gagged and bound, passed out, dead. Imagine that. They'd actually killed them last year Mm. and they never checked on them. They must have got the chain home. (laughs) (laughs) Harry literally pinches himself, which I don't think you'd ever do, even if you thought it was in a dream. Pinch me, I'm dreaming. Mm. No, how about we keep our hands to ourselves? Yeah. Keep your hands to yourself. Only use kind words, Harry. (laughs) And... (laughs) Think about... Oh, I can't think of anything. Oh, yeah, you've got to think. T, is it true? H, does it hurt the other person? I, is it something else? N, is it nice? And K, are you a knut? Hey. What? It's Harry Potter. Currency. This book book beak heist was tense. Oh, it was, wasn't it? It was tense. This whole chapter got me thinking about the, uh, the movie scene of the same. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they pulled it all off a lot better in the film than they did in this book. Oh, I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this book, they changed a lot. Well, they moved things around for the film. But in this book, I'm like, this is daft. And then Snape ran past. And then Dumbledore ran past. It's like, how big? <laughs> you can hear Hermione and Harry barely move anywhere, yet they can hear absolutely everything that's going on. I know. Like, are we... Do you know what I mean? Like... Dumbledore, they can hear Dumbledore's footsteps. They can hear Hagrid glugging wine. Yeah, what are they? Narwhals? Yeah, what are they? Narwhals? <laughs> like using sonar to hear something 200 miles yeah, away. Yeah, are they narwhals or something? <laughs> that was my first thought when I started reading this. I, was like, <laughs> I don't think they ever described Harry and Hermione as being human beings, but maybe they're narwhals. Yeah, it's never actually explicitly <laughs> said in the books. This plan seems odd to me, like <laughs> kidnapping Buckbeak and flying him up to the castle. It <laughs> seems mad. Like, either distract Snape before he goes to the shack, make sure Lupin drinks his werewolf potion, that would help. Keep your eyes on Pettigrew when he escapes later on, catch him. I feel like there's a lot of different options rather than stealing a hippogriff. Waiting three hours and then yeah. breaking into the window to rescue him. Like what? Well, those bloody three options I just said. Fair enough. 
<laughs> Which is your favourite? I reckon. Well, there's still a lot of like. I reckon it's make sure Lupin drinks his anti werewolf potion. You could. I was thinking when I was reading this, instead of doing all this nonsense, you yeah. could have walked straight to Lupin and being like, before you do anything tonight. Yeah. Uh, 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 hmm? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, I'll make sure you've got that. And then everything else, happy days. Because up until that point, they'd done everything fine. They were on the way to the castle with Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. Yeah. But... They steal Buckbeak, right? Oh, yeah. They managed to get him away. They untie him. Yeah. The executioner, once he finds <laughs> that he's not this. there, he swings his axe into a fence. That man needs an official investigation against him because you're at work, you're at work right now. Yeah. Right? It, it's not meant to be satisfying putting yeah. a beast to death. Like, this yeah. is your job. You're not meant to be like getting annoyed you don't get to do yeah. it. it. It's suspicious yeah. that you wanted to kill him that much. And who the hell do you think you are? That's my fence you've just battered with an axe. Yeah. Because you got angry. Yeah. Have some bloody professionalism. If I was Hagrid, I'd, yeah. I'd wring that man's neck. <laughs> Another thing that made me laugh was, I thought, oh, you know, this is the longest chapter of the book series so far, I think. And I can understand why, because half of it's been copy and pasted from four chapters ago. Oh, yeah. There's bits in it which were just like... I mean, obviously, we're back in time. We don't need to hear the conversations again, do we? Fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) I've read all this. I was thinking during this chapter about Dumbledore and Hagrid's relationship because once they notice that Buckbeak is gone, Dumbledore says, Ooh, I quite fancy a brew or brandy if you have it. And then Hagrid's like, Right away, Dumbledore. Then I got myself thinking... What were Dumbledore and Hagrid? Because they have a lot of these little brews, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. What do they chat about? Oh, I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? Where's their common ground? Do they keep it like the similar interests? Do they talk about beasts? Do they talk about official matters? Do they talk about who they fancy? And I was beginning to think that Dumbledore and Hagrid's relationship, I think, a lot like mine and yours. Oh, yeah. I'm Dumbledore and you're Hagrid. I'm Hagrid. <laughs> well, I think, because Hagrid worships Dumbledore, so I think, well, exactly like <laughs> I worship you. So I think some of it is just Hagrid being like, oh, you're the best, Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. I love you. And also, Dumbledore's very hard to get hold of, isn't he? Dumbledore's very hard to get hold He's of. He's slippy, you can't pin him down. He's like an eel... Rubbed in Vaseline. He works in mysterious ways. Like you. Yeah. I think the other thing that Dumbledore might do is I feel like Hagrid is somebody that Dumbledore can slag off other teachers to. Yeah. Like, because Dumbledore has so much power over Hagrid. He knows all his secrets. He's his boss. He's giving him this job. Blah, blah, blah. I feel like Dumbledore can just go there and go like, McGonagall's pissed me off today. (laughs) Oh, bloody hell, does she have to turn into a cat every five minutes doing my fucking heading? <laughs> That's doing your... Who's that say that? Dumbledore. Dumbledore, yeah. That's doing your heading, Dumbledore. Tell me more. Oh, and let me tell you, Professor Sprout. Oh, I saved everybody from being petrified because I made them... Oh, shut up, you bitch. <laughs> oh, it was Harry, my favourite boy, Harry. I've got, I've got to say, Dumbledore, I'm with you on this one. Harry is definitely the best boy at the whole school. Cheers to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I reckon they do have a little connection, don't they? So I think a lot of teachers don't get why Hagrid works there. They don't <laughs> understand why Dumbledore gives him so much, like, mm. so much leeway. I wanted to ask you a question. If Hagrid, before the... Executioners had turned up. If he just let Buckbeak free, release Buckbeak, what would the repercussions have been? Would he have been sacked, do you think? Um, well, you know what would have happened. Go on. Buckbeak wouldn't have left. Oh, yeah. Loves Hagrid. He wouldn't have left, would he? In this book, he's set free, but any time he sees Hagrid, he's trying to get back at him. Buckbeak, in his essence, is you. And yeah. Ha- and Hagrid yeah. is Poppy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. You'd do anything to get to Poppy. Oh, I would. She's lovely. <laughs> if Poppy tried to set me free... Well, she's all right right now. She's not too cold in the back of your car. 
<laughs> we'll let you know next week, listeners. And if she is, Connie, you might be eating a poppy pop for tea. Hey, you're not eating my poppy, dead or alive. <laughs> so, he saved... So what? So you. <laughs> They've saved Buckbeak. <laughs> whoop de doo And now they're having to drag Buckbeak around for three hours. We've got time to kill. Let's see what's going on. Right. So, as they're walking to the Whomping Willow, I like this bit as well, they hear the soft cursing of the executioner. Piss. <laughs> soft. Who curses softly? <laughs> Cock. Ass. Ooh, marshmallowy, that swearing. Oof. Not like the staccato of peeves. Oh, say it again, executioner. Bollocks. <laughs> I like that soft cursing. Oh, funny. <laughs> also, oh. I feel like this executioner has no magic powers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, yeah. So, so they're, they're outside. The one, they're watching the Wamping Wheel. Hey, do you want to be a good broom? What, what, what? That bloody scythe that he's got the axe. Oh, yeah. Flying that about. <laughs> Swinging it and falling and then getting back on it. Bloody hell, yeah. Imagine being a Quidditch player with that on the back of your broom. Big do scythe. Do, 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 congratulations and celebrations. They're watching the Whomping Willow. They're watching everybody go through it. Harry cannot resist but do a running commentary. There's about three paragraphs of narration of what they're seeing. Yeah. Oh, I can see uh, I can see me and you going in and oh, Crookshanks has pressed the knot of the thing. Oh, I've just been smacked. That's weird. <laughs> Shush. There's no need for the running commentary. Like, Harry. <laughs> He's like, oh, oh, and that's a nasty smack from the Wampin' Willow. Goodness <laughs> me. Sh- sh- shut up, Harry. Sit and watch quietly. We'll ruin it, because... False move and they're done for, aren't they? No, you understand, though, because if you were there watching yourself get beaten up, you'd want to intervene, wouldn't you? Get off him! No. Get off him, he's weak! What a mental thing to do. You know what happens, because you've survived it. Get off him! (laughs) Stop it, you! Yeah, they go on about a man, he goes, Oh, I wish Dumbledore would have been there one minute earlier, he could have come with us. And Harry goes, no, no, no. Then he would have had to have brought Fudge and McNair. And Fudge would have had McNair execute him on the spot. Oh, yeah. That would have been a great scene. Imagining that man chasing Sirius around the Shrieking Shack with an axe. <laughs> and the next bit, which, uh, which made me laugh. Well, actually, I want to ask you this question. Okay. There oh. are about three or four occasions during this chapter where Harry is tempted to intervene before he should. Yeah. Right, there's a bit where he wants to get Buckbeak before the execution has seen him. But there's a bit here where I feel like the odds are definitely a bit more in his favour. He's tempted, they've all disappeared down the Wumping Willow, and he sees the cloak, and he's tempted just to run out, snatch it, and bring it back. Yeah. But Hermione stops him. Yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah. would you have done? I feel like that was a good opportunity that they missed out on there. That would have messed with time. Yeah, that's true. Wouldn't it? Well, that's everything they're doing. Saving book being messes with time, doesn't it? Something weird might have happened. Yeah, that's right? true. They wouldn't have got knocked out. Oh, So yeah. how are they meant to return to their original place? Yeah. Oh, it's scary. Is it scary? <laughs> Changing time. It scares me, so listeners. You, you've got to go back and you've got to, like, take your own place. Because yeah. when we're in the film, as they get back to the hospital wing, they get back there in time just to see themselves disappear, don't they? Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... If something interferes, yeah. you might never come back. Yeah. Oh, it makes me scared. Mm. My favourite bit of this chapter. Uh, everyone's disappeared into the Whomping Willow. They then see Hagrid singing at the top of his voice, weaving, which is not a dance you can do on your own. That involves other people. Uh, and he has a large bottle swinging from his hands. Reaching out, <laughs> touching me, touching you. Imagine him doing that. 
imagine, right? Imagine, right, being a student <laughs> at uh, Hogwarts, right? Yeah. And you think, oh, what a week. What a week. I just want to chill out now, have a nice, calm evening. And then you see, walking towards the <laughs> castle, the groundskeeper, a teacher, walking pissed towards the, can- the, the castle. You think, why can't he keep that? In his shack. Why does he now need a bit of attention? Walking towards the school. We're almost at the end of the school year. I can't wait to hang out with all you kids. Singing and dancing on his way Sweet to the Dumbledore. Wap, wap, wap. Makes all my misbehaving go away. <laughs> If I was the parents, I was like, I'd rather he set a spider loose. Mm. <laughs> like, that drunken giant shouldn't be anywhere near my children. <laughs> They're probably still in the Great Hall having their tea. Uh, <laughs> what if he goes in to plant another one on McGonagall like he did the year before? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, kids! Raising their arms, making them clap. <laughs> oh, imagine that. You know, when like, there's one drunk person in a room full of sober people. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're all boring, you lot. You're my mate, aren't you? But that's Hagrid. <laughs> Who's giving me a lift home, then? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Pass us that sherry, would you? Hey, who wants to have a look at me pumpkins, eh? <laughs> this one can speak. <laughs> Harry sees Snape pick up the invisibility cloak, which he knows already's happened. But again, he can't help himself. He says, Get your filthy hands off it, you damn dirty ape. <laughs> Harry... Just think it. Mm. Just think that thought. You know, just, why is he, like, risking being found mm. just because he can't stop himself from saying i got to side with Harry on this one. i got yeah. to side with Harry, you see. Emotions are something you can't control, right? Yeah. People have no sympathy for anger. If you're sad, everyone's like, oh, you poor thing. Yeah. Look at you crying. If you're angry, which is an involuntary emotion, yeah. people are like, don't be angry. Shame on you for being angry. Yeah. Right? If anything, angry people need the most sympathy. Yeah. And they should be absolved of their sins. Preach it. Yeah, it's true that. I'm going to agree with you there. Because, you know, it's just another way of showing that you are sad, isn't it? Mm. Anger. So, mm. yeah. But obviously, when you when somebody's angry, you see it as a threat sometimes. And that's maybe why people respond not very nicely to it. Yes. He's being nasty to me. I'll be nasty to him. Yeah. It's very sad that Harry thinks his dad has somehow come back to Earth and is running around in the forest. Yes, it is. Because if that is true, why has he been absent for 13 years Mm. in his life? What you get in books is a lot of unnecessary, like, stuff. Like, and then they went back to Hagrid's shack to hang out. And you're like, why? Why are they back there now? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas in the film, they go straight to the point where uh, the Dementors are swarming, don't they? Well, yeah, there's a fun bit where... They think the werewolf is sniffing after them in the yeah. forest. And that's a bit, a bit of danger, isn't it? They just forget that. <laughs> Let's go for a cup of tea in this one. <laughs> yeah. We'll just stroke Fang for a bit. I know. They do a bit of recapping of what we've already seen. Yeah, yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, they all ran after each other in line. And then they were chain ganged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we sat down and had a coffee. And then uh, Harry went to the lake. <laughs> yeah. But i got to say, the film outdid the book so much in this chapter. Yeah, I agree. It gets to the point where Harry's looking for his dad in the forest to try and watch him do the Expecto Patronum. Yeah. Yeah. And in the book, in the film, it is so tense. It's an amazing scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you think Harry's going to die. Yeah. But last minute, he... Expecto yeah. Patronum. In the book, he goes, and then Harry realised, oh, it was me who did it. Expecto Patronum. <laughs> Over in a flash. Yeah, because you've got Hermione with him in the film as well, and it's that amazing scene where he is still convinced his dad's going to come, and Hermione's like, Harry, he's not coming. Your dad's dead. And Mm. it's like a fascinating... It's like, come on! But yeah, in this one, he's just like, ooh, no one here. Must have been me. (laughs) (laughs) Better get me Patronus out then. I can't understand how he suddenly can create this 
amazing Patronus. Because actually, he's just had reconfirmation that his dad's dead. And he didn't even think, he didn't tell you what his happy memory was. Yeah. He turns up, he's got hope that his dad might be alive. Ugh, guess he is dead after all. Happy memories! <laughs> Expecto Patronum is the best one I've ever done! Daddy, 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 hurry, I saw something scurry. Yeah? And as well, he says afterwards, he goes, well, I was so confident because I'd already done it. Harry, have you not been listening to anything we've been saying? Time can be changed, numbnuts. Think, think. Knuckle down. Knuckle down, Ross. <laughs> but sometimes ignorance is bliss, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because... Because he was a bit of a dum-dum and thought, oh, well, I've already done it. It can't possibly change. He did it because he was confident. Sometimes, mm. and I'm guilty of this, think about things too much and you start creating problems yeah, for yourself. Yep, 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 yep. Whereas yep, actually, yep. if you just dumb yourself down a bit and just do it... It's got to chill out a bit. Get better results. Take a breather. Yeah. Be yourself. I always think it helps to be a bit daft. When you're playing darts, right? if you just chuck them at the board, not thinking about it, they're going to go in, aren't they? But it's when you when you think too much about what you're doing, Listen, that's when you start throwing it a bit daft. You're playing darts, lift yourself up on one leg, <laughs> face the other way, tongue out the side of your mouth, kick your leg back and throw. And throw! It's bullseye. as simple as that. Bullseye! That's what we want. That's what you're going for. Three bullseyes, please. <laughs> But I can understand why Harry has hope that his dad's alive. Because oh, yeah. I think the whole thing with Peter Pettigrew might give a bit of... Because you think, well, people thought he was dead. Yeah. And now he's a rat. Maybe my dad turned into whatever this well, promise thing was. I'm going to tell you, Harry. They found Peter Pettigrew's finger. Oh, they didn't even found his dad's body, did they? They fly up to uh, Sirius Black's tower, yeah? Oh, yeah. And they see one Sirius Black... Sees them flying up on that hippogriff. Yeah. His mouth is agape. His jaw drops. Listen, I completely understand why Snape bound and gagged you. Well, who's taking it out of his mouth? <laughs> He's been bound and gagged, put up in the castle, and someone's going, oh, uh, you want to be comfortable, don't you, mass murderer? Ungag him, would you? <laughs> As well, people think he's a mass murderer. And they've... They've kept him in the school. Leave him alone in a tower. Yeah. Don't worry, everyone. We've caught the sniper. We've just popped him in the... Uh, just popped him in the sports hall. <laughs> Don't go in there, everyone, until he's been uh, sorted out. And also, <laughs> before they rescue Sirius, the executioner for Buckbeak is sent to fetch the Dementors. <laughs> why, is that, why is that his job? Go and fetch... Imagine if they kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I had the soul sucked out of me. I'm a bad man. I have negative thoughts. If I don't get to kill a creature, I, I hit me axe into a fence. Don't send me to the Dementors who can't distinguish from one person to the other. Mm. Yeah, because they can't know him because he's an he's a animal executioner. When has he been to Azkaban? I hope the Ministry has some, like, internal employee, like, you know counselling service oh we, yeah because that executioner should definitely be accessing it yeah if he's running around with such fury he needs someone to talk to they should give yeah. him six half hour sessions for free yeah that he can use during work time yes and then after that it should be up to him if he wants to continue and then, but he'd have to pay for the yeah. extra sessions get in touch with the occupational therapist and get him signed up fast track him because he needs it mm. this man's unhinged Mm. We have a lovely moment with Sirius and Harry. It's a lovely moment, a lovely moment, when I tell everyone that I'm in love with you. <laughs> but again, I feel like they rush it. Oh, I felt this was rushed. Yeah. Okay, bye-bye, I love you. Yeah. See you later, you've got to go, you've got to go. A bit more description about what happened in the last chapter. Oh, not even half a minute. No. Not even half a minute of conversation. But it was a lovely moment. I like the bit where he says, you're just like your father, Harry. And then off he goes. He flies into the distance with a little twinkle. And that's the end of the chapter. Mm. Right. 
How many? How many? Frozen poppy pops out of five are you giving this chapter? Oh, I don't want to give you any. Now, I love this chapter, actually. It was big. It was nice. A lot went on. Um, I find the fact that this book series is suddenly exploring time travel. I feel like that's a great touch. I don't feel like we ever do it again in this series. We use a time turner or anything like that. But I like it. I like that we're doing everything. Uh, I'm going to ignore the fact that I think the film has some things that I feel are better, just because I feel like I should judge the chapter on its own. Um, I liked it. Um, I'm going to give this a very solid four Icy Poppy Pops out of five. Oh, gorgeous. Very generous, if you don't mind me saying. Oh, thank you. This book, this chapter, that was the absolute climax Right, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Le Piste de Resistance. Yeah. That was a bit of chocolate cake with some uh, double cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A gato. Uh, it's your tasty. Yeah. Yeah. You've had your dinner. That was your dessert. Yeah. That's what you came here for. Now your belly is round <laughs> and you're thinking, mm, maybe I should have another slice. No. Oh, we're done. Yeah. You've had your pudding. Now it's time to wind down, perhaps a hot drink or a glass of water. It's time to go to bed. Right? In this chapter, I liked it. Mm. Time travel. The reveal that they've been setting up for the whole book. Where's Hermione going? Oh, yeah, yeah. Why is she always tired? Why is she always tired? She had a time turner on her. Yeah. Special treatment. Yeah. Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only way a girl can do extra lessons. (laughs) Ron was paralysed in this chapter. Get him out of there. I don't want him chatting, ruining things. Yeah. Perfect. Hermione being intelligent, Harry being brave, Hagrid having the last laugh, Dumbledore being cunning and mysterious. For that reason, I give this chapter five poppy pops out of five. Oh, even more generous than myself. Mm. I talked myself into that. You did? (laughs) Because before I started talking, I was like, (laughs) I think I'm giving this one poppy pop. But then I was like, no. What a fantastic chapter. Right, are you ready for this week's quiz? Yes. <gasps> quiz, quiz, a key. The prize is... A compliment. Oh! Quiz, 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 Gonna ask you some questions, how well will you do? Quiz, 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 Gonna ask you about Harry Potter, how well will you do? I'll blow you a kiss. Question one. Yeah. How many times does Dumbledore say to turn the time-turner? Thrice. Okay. Correct. Question two. How many times does Hermione turn the time-turner? Oh, I don't like this. All together. Oh. In this chapter. I I feel like this is a trick question. Three times. The answer to that is just over three times. Yeah, just over three times. You didn't say that. You said three times. Oh, yeah. Is that that wrong, then? (laughs) (laughs) Question three. Yeah. Um... What floor is Professor Flitwick's office on? Seventh. Seventh floor, correct. Question four. What date is it? Uh, It's the 6th of June. Correct. Okay. What colour are Buckbeak's eyes? Ooh. Uh, Buckbeak's eyes are bright blue. No. No. They're orange. Oh, lovely. Unfortunately, Mr. Kirkby, failed the quiz. <gasps> quiz, quizzy key, quiz, quizzy key, quiz, 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 now, guys, we're still on tour. We're going to be in Glasgow on the 8th of November, Edinburgh on the 9th, Newcastle on the 10th, Sheffield on the 14th, and Liverpool on the 17th. Those are our upcoming ones. We're also going to other places. Brighton we're going to, Telford we're going to, Belfast we're going to, 
Birmingham we're going to. Telford, a place I didn't even know was a place till Lucas told me we were going there on the tour. Hey, and it's a bloody lovely theatre, we can't wait to do it. It better fucking be, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All the tickets are at podsvision.com. Uh, if you want bonus content, extra episodes of the podcast, lovely merchandise and shout-outs, video messages, signposters, all that kind of stuff, patreon.com slash Pottervision. Just have a look. Or if you don't want any of that, but you'd like to help support the Pottervision boys into making the show as good as it can be, patreon.com forward slash Pottervision. Thank you very much. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pottervision. Send us a message, pottervisioncomedy at gmail.com. And if you've not done it yet, give us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Next week, we're on episode 57. Can you believe it, Tom? The final chapter of The Prisoner of Azkaban. Owl post again. Oh... You have been Connie's sidekick, Tom Lawrenson. And you have been Poppy's daddy, Lucas Kirkby. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Pottervision podcast. The music was performed by Jack Evans. You can contact us through our website, pottervision.com. And if you'd like bonus content and to support the show, you can visit patreon.com forward slash pottervision.